and welcome back to an all-new episode of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. This is the show that takes a deep dive into the world of 80s cartoons and all of the glorious insanity therein. My name is Randy, I am your host on this journey, and today we're taking another look at an episode of a classic 80s cartoon. But before we do that, of course, I gotta let you know that Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast is a production of Geek World Order. Go to geekworldorder.com for all the latest and greatest geeky content and media. Follow us on social media, look up Facebook pages for both Geek World Order and a Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, both at Geek World Order. And subscribe to the Geek World Order YouTube for more content over there. And of course, we're on all the major podcast providers. Subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and we'll love you for it. And today, by the power of Grayskull, yes, folks, we're taking another trip to Eternia for another episode of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And we open our episode, not with a powerful fight scene, but with Man-at-Arms. He seems to have a cold. He's sneezing or having some kind of allergic reaction to something. He's appeared in a weakened state. And even Adam's like, huh, nice to know you have a weakness. Yes, the the powerful man-at-arms has been taken down by allergies. He's like, allergies are not a weakness. They're just allergies. But man-at-arms has no time to wallow in his misery of his allergies because he receives a communication that a dam has burst along the fertile plains. But And the farmers of the village are in grave, grave danger. So, of course, it's time to roll on out and... Uh, Save some villagers. But Adam's like, Oh, I uh, just remembered something I need to take care of. Uh, come along, Cringer. And Tila, to her credit, is a suspicious AF. And she's like, Um, you always have something you need to take care of in times like these. Yes. Yes, he does. So, Adam runs off. He finds this nice, nice room in the back. And Cringer's like, yeah, this be a great place to take a nap. And he's like, um, not today, boy, not today. Because I have the power! Yes, folks, we're like a minute into this episode and already we get He-Man summoned. So, of course, you know, Man-in-Arms, he doesn't have a powerful transformation sequence or a scaredy cat turned battle cat no he's got to find other ways to get there he's gonna take a a hover car he's like oh all right ram man you're here come help me save the villagers so but they've got to figure out how to get their vehicle to start ram man opens up and he's like well there's a problem the entire engine compartment of this hover car is filled with giant overgrown weeds. So that's completely useless. And he's like, all right, fine. We'll take the small track instead. And of course, He-Man just happens to show up. He's like, oh, I need someone to join you. Well, aren't you just uh, conveniently there? Why are you here? No one's even summoned you, He-Man. 
Literally, no one has made contact with you. How do you just happen to know where we're at? Seriously, folks, nobody figures this out. Although I think, although according to the intro to the series, Man at Arms is supposed to know who Prince Adam and He Man are. So I guess that doesn't surprise him. But anyway, they make their way to the village. And of course, they, uh, they've got to figure out a way to stop all this flooding because the dam has burst. It's like, oh, we could try, uh, plugging it. It's like, oh, well, uh, let's create some rubble to pop up the hole. It's like, well, let's not be too hasty about it because we still don't want to kill these people. That's right, folks. We don't want to be like the Power Rangers, you know, who destroy entire cities and entire abandoned warehouse districts in their efforts to save the people of Angel Grove and the other communities that are very affected by Power Ranger battles. So they take the small track and there's a laser on it. So they set it to a low power setting and they use it to create a small pile of rubble from a nearby hill. But now they've got to get their small pile of boulders and, um, you know, river blocking materials up to the top of the river. It's like, well, hey, man's like, well, I can give you a hand here. And he starts to twirl his magic sword around in the air. And eventually he man just spins himself and the sword and he literally creates a tornado to gather up all the rocks they created and just fling them up in the air and just expertly place them exactly where they need to be to create a new more powerful dam that's right folks they've rebuilt him stronger faster better and of course our villagers cheer because the day is saved well and this is quite awkward, folks, because for some reason, the episode just takes decides to take a random commercial break here. So, yep, I guess that's what we'll do, folks. We're just going to take our uh, first commercial break really early in the episode here because uh, the episode takes its first commercial break at this weird, weird early time of the episode. So uh, we'll be back in just a moment, folks. The Disney Sunday movie will continue after these messages. I need a dog and a cat and a baseball game. I need some time on my hands and to call you by name. I need to watch the sunset over the ridge. I tend to eat the food that sticks to my ribs. I need home, home cooking. I need home, home cooking. I need a song and a dance and a grocery store. I like to sing my songs through an open door. I like to sit down to dinner, and if you would, when you can't cook it, Swanson should. I need home, home cooking. It's the kind of food some people like all of the time, and all the people like some of the time. Down to earth, with names you can actually pronounce. And with the exception of you, nobody makes it better than Swanson. Home, home cooking. I need home cooking. When you're not home cooking, Swanson is. What a drag it is getting old. 
especially when you're a battery. So Kodak introduces super light alkaline batteries. They last much longer than ordinary batteries. And only Superlight has a real gold tip to ensure the best contact. Now, do you settle for the ordinary or go for the gold? Read any good uh, microwave popcorns lately? Now, this one says it's normal for one to three tablespoons of kernels to remain unpopped. And this one is only recommended for certain wattage microwaves. Now, this one is Pop Secret from Betty Crocker. Pop Secret works in all microwaves, and it pops up beautifully, light and fluffy. The next time you want to curl up with a good microwave popcorn, make it Pop Secret. The secret to better microwave popcorn. Season premiere of MacGyver, Monday. Looking for the right store could be a wild goose chase. Without the complete shopping guide, Ameritech Pages Plus. You might find yourself looking for something in all the wrong places. Lose all sense of direction. Arrive too late and come back empty-handed. Why leave yourself open to all that? Just open the book, Ameritech Pages Plus. Next to the phone, there's nothing better. All right, and we are back. So He-Man, Man-at-Arms are at the uh, headquarters, some kind of government building of these dwarfen lawn gnome-looking people no seriously these villagers the people in this village they look like garden gnomes like this is how they're drawn they're just like garden gnomes with full beards and pointy hats i'm not even sure what this is trying to say we just got garden gnomes are the villagers so we figure out where the trouble may have started because the local farmers here inform man-at-arms at he-man that they ran into this mysterious folk this mysterious man and he sold the villagers some seeds and he gave them very specific instructions to plant them near the dam well what do you know by this point Ah, looks like, you know, they go to bed, they sleep, and by sunrise, the dam is being destroyed. The weeds have grown so quickly and efficiently that it's beginning to choke the life out of the village. Hmm, wonder if that, those are some very specific instructions to get from a uh, very mysterious man you just met. Maybe we should have vetted this seed buying process a little better, but whatever. So Man in Arm offers to stay behind because he wants to learn more about this. He want to he wants to help the villagers assess their situation. So He Man, being He Man, immediately suspects Skeletor of it. 
And um, he does so by delivering this. Oh, this line. I feel the bony finger of Skeletor. I'm sorry, He-Man, you feel what? How do you feel this finger, He-Man? Like, are you feeling it in um in a very um uncomfortable location? Do you get like a a sensation somewhere? Um, in your loins, perhaps. Um, this is a very because we all know that He-Man is the the most appropriate show for children. Because you know, one of He-Man's buddies, Ram Man, who we just saw. Looks like a giant bouncing butt plug. So, there's that. You know, even our heroes run around half naked. It's, come on, He-Man. Seriously? Y your armor is a loincloth and just a strip of, like an X-shaped strip of leather? He-Man, you ain't even trying here, bro. So yeah, before they can even begin to investigate, the sorceress appears. And she explains to them that they must return to the palace. And it's a good thing they do return, because also, the palace itself has become overrun with these rapidly growing and very aggressive weeds. Like, these weeds are taken over... They're kicking butt. They're taking names. They're attacking people. So, you know, He-Man fends them off pretty easily. Orko, of course, absolutely 100% useless. So, he gets to Tila. He's like, what's happened here? Did anyone buy seeds from a, a mysterious man? And she's like, how the hell did you know? I did my homework. So, he's got things to do. He leaves the royal family to Tila's capable hands. And the palace is now collapsing around him. So he's got to do everything in his power to stop this from happening. So, you know, he does the whole strongman routine. And he just keeps the pillars in place long enough that you know the the weeds are subside they kind of give up whatever or so we think because orc he man decides to take orco and get in the hover car because he's gotta he's gotta find some answers but once again they are attacked by the by the violent plants these things just straight up bash right through the control panel of the hover car. And they wrap He-Man up. And apparently they seem to be sapping his strength. And so it seems these plants have a energy draining capability. Which could perhaps form into some nefarious villainry, perhaps. Yes. So... He calls out to the sorceress, who magically, uh, just magically hears He-Man's voice, knows his presence, and she's able to teleport him and Orko away. All the way back to 
Castle Grayskull. So, they fear... So, it's revealed that even the sorcerer believed that she may not be powerful enough to save the day. So, the combined power of He-Man and the sorceress, surprisingly, doesn't need, doesn't seem to be enough here. But that's okay, because they've got to figure out what's going on with this. So, He-Man uses the window of spirits to contact Skeletor. And straight up, He-Man wastes zero time at all. It's like, Skeletor, what is going on with these plants? What is your plan this time? Just get to your point. And he's like, um, back up there, muscle boy. Um, I could ask you the same thing. Because apparently, these overgrown weeds are just straight up attacking Skeletor as well, and his minions. And this is not going good for anybody. So, they're being attacked. E-Man is a little shocked. Skeletor fades away because their communication has been cut off. And we reveal, finally, the bad guy of the episode, Evil Seed. And we cut back after some grandiose gesturing that just wrapped up in these vines, you see Man-at-Arms, Tila, Battle Cat, King Randor, Queen Marlena, and they're just strung up. Like, bro, this is giving me some major Cobra Law vibes here. So, like, remembering G.I. Joe the movie where Cobra Law has these like attack plants that just capture the Joes. And they do it several times. First they do it with like the team of all the first season Joes, like Shipwreck and Quick Kick and Dusty and Lady J and Snake Eyes. Basically right before Roadblock, you know, runs on his adventure with Cobra Commander. And then later basically captures all the Joe forces except for like the raw hides that are left at the base. Yo, this is like insane this is like this third party attacking both sides no one care they not giving a care so just getting this insane vibe off of this so cobra law gi joe the movie i'm getting all the vibes here oh skeletor is like um we, we we can make a deal right wrong um so yeah over the evil, uh, evil Skeletor lair. Evil Lin is very quickly defeated and captured as well. So, Skeletor goes through his roster of minions. He's like, Merman, I need assistance. And Merman's like, um, well, I can't exactly help you, Skeletor. Blah, 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 blah. Um... Yeah, because he's kind of being attacked underwater by the plants. Oh, Merman in your weird bubbly voice. So, if you know Transformers, you will instantly recognize Merman's voice as Sea Spray from Transformers. Because Sea Spray is played by John Oppenheimer. 
Wow. Oh, wow. Not John Allen Oppenheimer. Wow. Why did I say that? But seriously, folks, there are literally four voice actors in this episode. I'm looking at the cast list, literally on the He-Man wiki. You have John Irwin, who plays He-Man, Ram-Man, and Evil Seed. Although that's the thing. I have been trying, like, I looked in the wiki, like, I looked on IMDb, tried to find John Irwin's role. He, the, whatever voice he used for Evil Seed is so familiar to me. I can't pinpoint it. He must be doing like a very good imitation of somebody else's voice because I can't, it's so familiar, but I can't figure it out. Like just literally looking through his list of roles on IMDb, I couldn't pick it out. Normally, if I go through and just kind of look up the actor, look up their IMDb, it's like, okay, there's the voice. But for some reason, I could not pinpoint Evil Seed's voice to anything that John Irwin has done. Uh, Alan Oppenheimer in this episode. He is Skeletor, Man-at-Arms, Cringer, and Merman. Linda Gary plays all three female voices in this episode. Tila, Evil Lynn, and the Sorceress. And then Lou Scheimer as Orko, Trapjaw, King Randor, the Computer, and the Unnamed Farmers. Literally, folks... Four people voice acting this show. Man, they are really stretching the budget on this one. So, anyway, Merman's useless. So, he begs Skeletor for help. Skeletor's like, um, nah, no, I'm Skeletor. I'm evil. I don't help people because I'm evil. Evil. (laughs) But, but, um, oh, the real question is, how much longer can I hold out? Yes, Skeletor is being attacked by the vines. So, we seem to have a very odd twist on our troops here. Skeletor is in danger. Will he survive the vines? Will he be captured like the others were? Are they just going to kill him? We have a lot of uh, tension and unbuilt uh, drama and built up drama here with our primary series protagonist. I, I, I don't understand it either, folks, but we're at the point where normally these tropes, our hero is in danger, but we don't know if they're going to live or not until after the commercial. But now it's Skeletor is in danger. Are we supposed to be cheering for Skeletor? I don't know. That's really the thing here. But because Skeletor's now in trouble, well, we're going to take a commercial break because that's how they wrote this episode, folks. And we'll be back in just a minute. Burger King invites you to celebrate real chicken fillets with the Chicken Tenders Meal Combo. Now's the time to get all white meat chicken tenders, large fries, and a medium Pepsi for a very special price. Ain't nothing like the real thing. The Chicken Tenders Meal Combo, now at Burger King. You'd be ashamed to miss it. Be part of the action on Quincy, weekdays at 4. 
We'll continue after these messages. The well-groomed man. He'd no more settle for a flake in his hair than a spot on his tie. And this is his favorite shampoo. On close inspection, you pass the test, you perfected the look of success. Your head and shoulders above the rest, above the rest. Even one flake can mean dandruff. Regular shampoos just rinse flakes away, but Head & Shoulders goes to the source with tough dandruff protection that works on the scalp to help keep flakes from coming back. And that's doing it right. Your Head & Shoulders. Your good grooming is... Head & Shoulders above the rest. I've just found a cleanser that goes beyond clean. Olay Beauty Cleanser. It's special. Gently cleaning deep down, removing day-old dry skin, rinsing away greaselessly for a glow that makes me feel beautiful. All right, and we are back. So, Evil Seed is once again on the monitor. He's like, give up, He-Man. You've clearly run out of options. He-Man's like, nah, bro. Nah, you ain't got nothing on me. So now, another one of these vines is attacking our heroes. And, you know, the vines come through the window. Orko gets wrapped up pretty quick. But luckily, He-Man's there, and he just takes out his big old beefy broadsword and chops that vine up. Orko is saved because... Clearly, Orko needs saving 42 times an episode. So, they, they decide to take the uh, vine back to the sorceress's lair for analysis. Yeah, this is a weird, weird planet, Eternia. Are we in some, like, weird dystopian future where humanity looks like they live in the Middle Ages, but there's, like, super scientific technology? Because this show is giving off some weird vibes. So, of course, we get the obvious answer of, well, this plant is not of Eternia. Okay, sure. We we spent all that time on this lab scene to go, well, it's not from Eternia. It's not from Eternia. Well, freaking duh, man. So, we cut back to our villains. Skeletor summons Trapjaw. He's like, right behind you, boss. He's like, um, come up with a plan, Chop Jaw. What do we do? He's like, uh, how about we call He-Man? Um, no. That's a stupid plan, you stupid idiot. So we go back to the lab. And we realize that this sample, this vine sample has dried out very quickly and becomes very useless. So clearly it needs a high level of water to function. So they kind of put two and two together. It's like, oh, perhaps that's why they wanted the seeds planted by the dam. Because, oh, that's a lot of water. And if they break the dam, that's a whole lot more water for evil nefarious purposes. And also appears that cold is able to stop them. It's like, alright, well, we need to be really hot now. Or we need to be really cold, sorry. Like, um, yeah, it's like summer in Eternia. That ain't happening. 
Well, we're going to need it to snow. Once again, not ideal conditions to snow. So, they get another idea. So, why don't we just go over to this giant mountain, grab a giant hunk of ice, and then smash it over the castle. Because if we use our powers over Castle Grayskull, we, it amplifies our powers so we can just smash up this giant ball of ice and make nice powdery fresh snow to freeze out the plants. It's like, all right, that's a good plan. But between us, we may not have a power to do it, enough power to do it. And Oracle's like, oh no, oh no, 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 oh no, 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 you cannot be thinking what I think you're thinking. And the sorcerer's like, yeah, we're probably going to have to contact Skeletor to help us. And Orko has, Orko throws a shit fit. And I'm not blaming the guy, because this sounds like the dumbest plan ever. Because Castle Grayskull has this am magic amplifying effect. And maybe we don't want Skeletor to have that ability. But anyway, we cut back to Skeletor's lair, where Trapjaw is fending off the plants because his robot arm has a freeze ray. And it's like, Oop. Uh, sorry boss, I'm out of freeze rays. And it's like these plants just hear him. They're like, they just wrap them up and yoink right out the door. And of course they set their eyes on Skeletor. He's like, no, I'm not going to call He-Man. Oh, um, He-Man, uh, uh, this is Skeletor. Uh, I'm ready to talk now. I I'm totally ready to help you now. So, Skeletor arrives at Castle Grayskull, and of course, He-Man is already gone. He's off to go collect the chunk of ice he needed. So, of course, Skeletor is like, Oh, so you're just gonna bring her back at the last second and smash up the thing, huh? Well, what if you don't? And then he just smashes the, the control panel to the space portal. And so Skeletor tries to take over Eternia right then and there. And it's like, yeah, actually, the plants finally grab Skeletor. But of course, at the last possible second that's needed, the sorceress is like, yeah, I don't actually need a control panel for this. She just, she just uses her magic to summon He-Man back from the, from the ice plains. So he jumps through the portal, he shows up, he slices and dices these uh, plants and just chops them up into an itty bitty side salad, and of course saves Skeletor's life. And of course Skeletor's like, don't you get tired of being a hero all the time? Like, uh, no. So they head to the roof of the, of the castle the chunk of ice that He-Man literally picked up like the top of a mountain and just chucked it at Castle Grayskull. And they're like, 
All right, it's getting in range. Uh, He-Man, the Sorcerers, and Orgo they just, you know, point their hands and their swords and like, magic. Nope, didn't work. Like, He-Man's like, Skeletor, raise your staff. Listen, Skeletor, if you don't, everything's gonna die. And then we can't, um, you know, and then I can't beat you up every week. And Skeletor's like, I want to be evil. But eventually he begrudgingly joins the others. So the combined powers of the sorceress, Skeletor, He-Man, and Orko destroy the giant ice block. And it begins to snow. As it snows, everything it touches gets cold. We see the plants wither up and release man-at-arms and all the others. And then, who, buddy? Evil seed, bro. Just like the rest of the plants, he starts to shrivel up. Like, wow. Yo, if they'd done this, like, if this episode was remade today, bro, Evil Seed would be, like, probably burning and, like, incinerating and just the withering would be, like, such an insane effect. But, like, even for, like, 1980-whatever this is that this episode is airing, it's insane. Like, oh, he did not die. Ooh, he died a very painful death. Very painful. He's like, you know, of course, throwing out the villainous cliches. Oh, I'm not done. I'll be back. But yeah. So the day is saved. And the He-Man's like, well, what do you know, Skeletor? Look at all this great thing. Look at this great thing we did today. You could do all other sorts of things if you turned your life over to good. And Skeletor is like, um... No, He-Man. I'm not doing that. I'm evil. And so he just runs away. And so Orko's like, well, why does he just so insistent on being good? On being evil? Yeah. But we all know Skeletor will be back. He's evil. He just is. That's his nature. Ball man. So the episode ends, and this was a fun episode. Like, this was super fun. Honestly, really just kind of flipping some of the tropes here. The stakes were good. Kind of really brought in a, a powerful third-party villain that made the, you know, He-Man and Skeletor have to work together. I mean, that's like, you know, Optimus Prime and Megatron working together. It's like Batman and the Joker working together. It's just, oh, it's so good. Like, this episode was so good. And I just love what it did with the tropes. Like, that second commercial where it's like, oh, wow. We're we're going, we're going to do our Heroes in Distress commercial break with Skeletor in danger? Who would have thought, man? This was an absolute, just a genius stroke. Just really playing with the writing and doing these things. 
this was this was kind of a nonstop episode of just things happening, but it's still built on it. You know, the vines were getting strong. They had counters to He-Man. They had to bring Skeletor to Castle Grayskull and give him access to the power boosting that Castle Grayskull does. And ah, uh, cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. So much fun. This episode rocked. This is the episode Evil Seed. Such a good episode, guys. And uh, I think that'll do it for this week's episode of Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. Check us out on social media. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating review. And we'll see you next time, guys.